Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some r slash malicious compliance because I thought why the hell not if you are new here please consider hitting that like that subscribe and maybe that notification bell too as it all massively helps out our channel let's jump straight in to today's stories much love guys now our first story comes from jvel22 after parking in my space and being asked to move she flipped me off and told me to do something about it yes ma'am I followed a Subaru Legacy onto my tiny, less than a thousand feet long, only about 12 feet wide in some places, private road. Not public for all you that missed the word private. I made it bold for you. There is no such thing as public parking on a private road. The car then pulled into my driveway. As I waited thinking this person was just lost and turning around, which happens quite a bit, a woman got out of her car and started to walk past me. Albeit a strange driving slash parking area as it's across the street from me, it is still my property. It's not just in front of my house where I have some misguided claim at some type of possession due to its relative location from that house. It was presented that way by the Realtor 26 years ago, shows up on city records, is on the surveys done back then and recently, and it's on the deeds. Every single portion of the pavement that makes up this private way was put on someone's deeded property. I also spent over $10,000 having it professionally built up, leveled, and then paved. It's mine, and it's for my vehicles, including my work vehicle when I had one, my tenants, and our guests. I didn't do all this to be denied access by anyone. Here's the picture I sent the tow truck company with the word Subaru. Never wanting to assume arrogance, I treat everyone with respect. I'd want them to treat me with. I put down the window and politely said, excuse me, but that's my spot. Could you move your car? to which I received a middle finger and told to do something about it. I said, that's at least a hundred bucks, bitch. It was $125 once the car hit the impound yard. She proceeded to go to her friend's car and drive away. Instead of my now former neighbor, whose knowledge of the property lines has been clearly established by her arrogance in the past telling her friend to move, they disappeared down the road. I then drove up to take the last available spot on my property, leaving nothing for one of my tenants despite there being five empty spots at her friend's house. She drove onto a private street passing a private way sign, multiple no trespassing, no parking, parking from residents only, and other variants of those signs, to a druggy friend's dirty apartment in a rundown house. Saw a friend parked in the dirt parking area, passed the empty spot before her friend, passed her friend's car, passed two to three more empty spots next to her friend, passed two more cars and parked in the clean paved area in front of the clean, well-maintained house next door. She then was asked politely to move and chose to be a bitch instead. About half hour later, the car was towed and impounded. About six hours after that, she's banging on my door got told to leave, refused, and was eventually removed forcibly by the police. She was also told to never return. She did return and was promptly arrested. What she didn't do, however, was ever attempt to contact the impound yard to get her uncle's car back. 
About 50 days later, I remember the fees were just under $2,000. In lieu of payment, her uncle handed over the Subaru keys and signed the title over to the impound yard, my friend's impound yard. It takes about six weeks for their new title to come in and the impound yard was getting overcrowded. Since I had just got my black Impala and now had an empty spot, I offered to store the car at my house until the title came in. He did drop it off around a week later, but the title came in quicker than usual. I never got the opportunity to see her face, but I imagine it was priceless. By the way, I see so many people who think I'm such a jerk. I assure you, I am only one when warranted. Whenever I've actually had to ask a new visitor to move, it's because we were running out of space and I was outside when we were still here and I was never disrespectful. In 26 years, we've asked around 100 people to move and only ever two cars towed. The other one was here for about a week and no one claimed it. I know plenty of other properties that ask twice that many people to move per year and have dozens of cars towed. If you can actually tell me you would just leave someone like that alone after they passed the signs, got politely asked to move, and then flipped you off and yelled at you to do something about it, then kudos to you. I asked politely. She could have responded politely. Now, it's one of these ones where, you know, that person's getting what they deserved after they're being bloody rude to OP for after parking in their space and said to do something about it. So, you know, OP did do something about it. And that's what this subreddit is all about. Malicious compliance. But... There's a, there's a small part of me, the empathy goes towards the uncle for losing his car when, you know, it was this girl's fault in the end. I mean, it's kind of sad in that respect, isn't it? But we move on to the next story. And our next story comes from Joel the Connor. You want to book the hotel? Sure thing, babe. Here's a simple and fun husband and wife MC from yesterday for you. On mobile, TLDR, etc. My wonderful family of four are on a trip to visit family and friends. Four years ago on a trip with the same itinerary as this one, I, husband, booked our hotel as I usually do. I am what you would describe as thrifty and I don't like spending a ton on hotels when we are basically just sleeping there. The hotel I booked for this leg of the journey was probably not the most high class and sure, it was not the safest area of town. This was definitely a hotel where some acts of questionable legality and morality occur. In my defense, it was a very last minute booking as we're supposed to be staying with family and there were very few options available under $150 a night. The stay there ended up being fine, but it has been a long running joke between us for the past four years. We're now visiting for the first time in four years. I went to book the hotel and my wife said, no way, it's my hometown, I'm doing it this time. So she pulls up the old price line and starts looking at places, specifically looking for a place with a pool and for the littles. She looks at one, reads the reviews and details and says it looks good, especially for the lower price. She even calls to make sure the pool is open because of COVID. I look at the photos and look back at her thinking she was making a joke. She was not. I just smiled and said, whatever you think, babe. Yep, you know what's coming. <laughs> As we approach the hotel, I see a look of confusion slowly wash over her face. She says, wait, is this and trails off. I reply with a resounding, yep, it sure is. She booked us in the exact same hotel that she has been griefing me about for four years. I laughed and laughed and laughed. She cannot believe she did it. And she also thinks it is hilarious. I am vindicated. <laughs> and a pretty wholesome, malicious compliance, which is pretty rare on this subreddit. And I absolutely love it. But <laughs> I just love to have seen her face as as you was driving up to this hotel and her thinking like, oh shit, I'm never going to hear the end of this now. <laughs> 
but let's move on to the next story. And our next story comes from Ancient Educator 76. You need to change this right now. I'd be happy to. I teach in Arizona, home of one of the most underrated education systems in America. In my humble opinion, I think we really do great work here. It's the end of the marking period and my school has a US standard A, B, C, D or F grading system. I teach an algebra class to 8th graders, a year ahead in our parts, who are either smart enough or their parents want them to be smart enough. Parents are allowed an opt-in. It's the law. As we come to the end of the year, I'm posting grades and reminded of this time last year, when I got to serve up some compliance that was as delicious as it was malicious. I had a parent of one young buck actually come up to me in person while I was on school after duty to discuss an issue he had with grading. For all the teachers out there, I am feeling the wave of FERPA violation coming for you. Yes, this is true. I told him I can't discuss grades in a public setting. I didn't get to the word setting entirely before he interrupts and says, bullshit, we're at school. This is my kid. I'm the one given permission here. So let me ask you. I'm thinking to myself, been doing that a lot lately. Great. I guess we're doing this while I'm directing traffic. I then realized the issue of safety. So I'm like, sir, I need to direct and get cut off. And then he continues talking utter nonsense. I could only imagine. I wasn't really listening at this point while I'm looking down the road for more cars to wave down for pickup. He's just going and going. I hear a word or two like you said and he's already turned in that. And finally, as I get to a lull and look at him, he says to me, and there is no way you can fail my child and put that comment pleasure to have in class. You need to change this right now. Enter the light bulb of malicious compliance. That's my third light bulb reference today, by the way. <laughs> the lull was about to pick back up when I say, you make a good point. I don't know what I was thinking. I'll change it the second I'm done here, which is actually possible because I always have my iPad on me pretty much at all times. My wife gets jealous. The Karen of a dad walked off back to his parked car with his child visible and looking at me from the passenger side. And I swear he actually said, that's what I thought. Which, if you're unfamiliar, is the thing said to you when you've lost an argument that could have been a fight because you chickened out. No responding to this condescending defeat usually. As the dad finishes his little strut to his car, I give the kid a thumbs up. A la Bloodsport. Just Google OK USA. Definitely a laugh. And the kids slowly give me a sheepish thumbs up back. Hilarious. The kid seems to somehow know what the dad doesn't. The second I get to a secure, private location, I go into the gradebooks and change the comment from pleasure to have in class to respectful to teachers and staff, which is more than I can say for this kid's dad. Needless to say, he's still got an F. Deserved. And yes, I made this change on the toilet. <laughs> and our next story comes from Little Miss Bunny Woman. Karen gets a free ride but won't buckle up, enjoys a nice taxi ride home. This is a few years ago, roughly four. I worked in an office about 45 minute drive from my house and I had a friend who worked in the office I would give a ride home to. It was on my way, I literally had to pass by her house to go to and from work so it was no big deal. Well, a woman who worked in my office lived really close to her and found out about the arrangement and wanted in. She guilted my friend into asking me since it was on my way. I said okay. Well, at the same time, my late husband's car was in the shop so I'd make a detour to pick him up and he's a giant of a man six foot three and could not physically fit in the back so to make things easier my friend would just sit in the back well the other woman known as karen was a big woman not tall but big 
So on the way home, literally the first time she starts getting in the front, I explain to her she has to sit in the back. Well, when we get to my husband's job site and I park and text, she jumps out of the car and gets into the front. I tell her to go to the back and straight up, she says no, because the seatbelt in the back is so tight it hurts her chest. I tell her it's too bad, she can get out if she doesn't like it. Well, she gets out and goes to the back seat. My husband gets there and climbs in and I start the car and the seatbelt warning light is on and beeping. She has the seatbelt off. I say you need to put the seatbelt on. I am met with a no, I can't, it's easier if she's in front. Well, I say you're in back, we're not going anywhere until the seatbelt is on and she crossed her arms like a child and says, I guess we're not going anywhere. I tell her if she doesn't put the belt on, she can get out and walk home. With a nice bit of snark, she says, well, you better call me a taxi. That pissed me off and that's what I did. I called a taxi. She puts her belt back on and I say, it's too late, get out, you have a taxi coming. I say you can get out of my car now or the police will be happy to remove you. She gets out and her jaw almost hit the road as we drove away. Outside my friend, I never let anyone from my work in my car again. Wow. (laughs) And I'm sort of glad you didn't back down to her at the end because that's just entitlement that she thinks she can just sit in the front when she wants to and and then say like, we're not going anywhere then just like that. I mean, yeah, come on now. And this story is from Temezo. Use your PTO within two months or lose it. So this happened roughly five years ago. I worked for a grocery store that had gone over several different buyouts. The original company was extremely generous with its pay time off. Because of how many weeks some employees had, a lot of the older employees have made comfortable careers out of working at the grocery store when you could have up to three months pay time off. At least one person I knew had this much, but it was very common for people to have eight to 10 weeks off a year. I myself had six weeks PTO after six years with the company. Each employee received accrued vacation time, 40 hours paid holiday and 40 hours of vacation a year, all packaged together as my time. Something in the summer we were informed that our location was being sold because the parent company was merging with another competitor and due to a monopoly in the area, the building had to be sold before the merge. The entire transaction was hectic. Because the store I worked at was designated the flagship of their expansion, we got brand new cooler cases, displays, paint, the works. On top of taking full inventories of every product in the store and later ordering heavily from the old company's warehouse to create a stockpile that should last us a few days. All while training how the new company operates. In the midst of all this, there was a revolving door of different managers, HR reps, trainers, trainees and such. Oftentimes with differing or contradictory things to tell us. By the time we're alerted to what would become of our PTO, it was two months until the merger was complete. Any employees staying on with the new company negotiated their PTO and wages during interviews with them, but we were unsure of what the old company was going to do in regards to what we had already accrued with them. The head of HR sent out a memo that finally ended all guesswork. Every employee would have one week rollover with a new company that could be used during the remainder of the year and old company would pay out one week. Anything unused would be lost. We recommended all employees adjust their time off request to reflect this. Obviously, people started to worry. We were told we had to use it or lose it. So we used it. People clamored to take time off or just call out sick or leave early. The day after the announcement, I had four call outs in my department out of eight scheduled. Because our PTO was packaged, it was all taken out of the same time bank. So there was no difference between personal days, vacations or calling out sick. It took the old company almost two weeks to change their stance and to renegotiate the terms. Up in the rollover to two weeks and the payout to two additional weeks. 
On top of that, employees were allowed to bump their hours up to 40 and use PTO to make up the difference. And I'm glad like people stand up for themselves in this situation. I think it'd be so easy to just back down and accept new companies' rules and all this kind of thing. But I'm so glad that they sort of said, no, we're not doing that. And then try to get it in any way they can. Absolutely. And this story is from Godric42. Bosch shushes me when I try to warn her of a mistake. So I'm a lawyer in Brazil, but when I was at college, I got an internship at a tribunal. I usually work behind the scenes, dealing with the paperwork and some bureaucratic stuff. It was usually a nice place to work, but occasionally the judge, the boss of my boss, would require some intern to help her with the hearings. It was not unpleasant work, but more of an annoyance since we were only eight people dealing with the paperwork of over 10k lawsuits, which means that every time she requested someone to go help her, they knew there would be a lot of accumulated work when they got back. Something I need to point out about the specific judge is that she was a very polite and pleasant person outside of work, but at the court, she would become extremely micromanaging, especially about bureaucratic stuff that she never had to deal with and didn't understand, usually making our work take way longer than it needed to be. And whenever a lawyer was present, suddenly she became very rude and demanding to anyone below her. I understand that most lawyers that worked there were extremely sexist, and that was just probably her response to that. A way to say, don't you try me, I know what I am doing and I am good at it, but I cannot agree with her taking the frustration on everyone else. On this specific day, I've been assigned to help her with a very long hearing. In Brazil, this stuff is all recorded, so for me, that meant taking care of the computer, taking notes, but mostly making sure that the camera was on. The thing is, whenever you do these recordings, it has a kind of script that needed to be followed. First, she would tell me to start recording, then she would present herself, tell us what case was being judged, the name, the first witness, and show their documents to the camera to prove that they were questioning the right person. Only after that, she would start questioning the witness. Then the lawyers take turns doing the same. I'm not sure why, but she was more annoyed with me than usual that day and did everything in her power to show everyone in the room she was the boss and I was supposed to do what she said without arguing. But despite that, she was talking a lot with lawyers about trivial stuff while waiting for some witnesses that hadn't arrived yet. Finally, everyone is there and the hearing can begin. But for some reason, she was so distracted with the conversation that she forgot about the script and just started questioning the witness without doing the proper presentations and asking me to start recording. As soon as she started questioning him, I tried to discreetly warn her, but all I could say was, Your Honor, before she loudly shushed me without looking in my direction. It was all not at all discreet and everyone was visibly embarrassed, including me. So I did the only thing I could in that situation. Nothing. I couldn't start recording without the presentations and definitely not do it in the middle of the hearing. So I just sat there and waited. After almost half an hour of questioning, she asked me to stop the recording because they would do a small recess. All I could say was, as I tried to warn you, your honor, the video was not recording when you started questioning him. She got visibly white and started saying, but you should have, before realizing her mistake. She tried looking around for support, but everyone saw the way she shushed me and had the look of, well, he's got a point. I don't know what exactly happened after that because they did the recess anyway and I was sent back to my usual work and didn't get to participate in the rest of the hearing. It was a relief because I had a lot of work to do. I graduated a couple of days later and I don't think there were any big repercussions about the specific mistake. But I heard a few years later, since her productivity was extremely low and after other, more serious mistakes, she got demoted. She is an auxiliary judge today, which means that she helps other judges but is not responsible for dealing with any lawsuits on her own. Wow, and all because she wouldn't listen. 
It's absolutely crazy. But well, again, well done for you to just sticking by your guns and, and in the end saying, no, this is on you. Absolutely. Now, what do you guys make of today's malicious compliance and stories? Did you enjoy them? Let me know if you did in the comments below. It's always a pleasure to see you down there and it truly helps out this channel. And if you do have a moment of your time, please consider hitting that like button too. Once again, guys, thank you so much for being here today. You are truly, truly appreciated. And I will see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.